Hear that? It's the sound of you catching up on all the latest and greatest fintech news, trends, and updates thanks to Streetworthy, Yield Street's bi-weekly newsletter. Stay in the know with CEO Melinda Mahiri as he takes a closer look at what's happening in the fintech space, then breaks down what each story could mean for investors like you. Give your portfolio the edge it deserves and subscribe to Streetworthy on LinkedIn today. The Yield Disruptors, the biggest names in business, culture, and politics. Hear how successful influencers scored big and became the movers and shakers pushing everything forward. Gain from their insight and advice and avoid the setbacks that might keep you from achieving your true potential. Don't forget to rate us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and leave a review if you enjoy the content. This is the Yield Disruptors. The crypto bank on Juno sits at the intersection of banking and crypto and prides itself on providing financial freedom as well as access to fair and transparent financial services. On Juno is known for its no-fee FDIC-insured checking accounts as well as its offer to let clients earn 6% on their crypto assets, portfolios they can build using funds from their checking accounts. On Juno is a three-year-old startup disrupting the world of banking. And on this episode of The Yield, Disruptors, one of the co-founders, Siddharth Verma, joins us to discuss what's next for On Juno. Hi, I'm Adam Shapiro. Welcome to Disruptors. And welcome, Siddharth, to the podcast. It's great to have you here. A lot of people here at Yield Street, very young staff here, I would say a large majority under the age of 30, use on Juno. And that's one of the reasons we invited you here, because you stand, as you say, at the intersection of banking and crypto. Where did you and your co-founder come up with the idea to do this? Thanks. Thanks for having me here. Uh, really excited to you know share whatever we've been through. And uh, you know, just to, just to answer that first question of yours, where did we actually, how did we actually end up doing this? So it's an interesting story uh you know people have called us crazy and in fact they still call us crazy because i'll tell you what we did we were the one of the top five DeFi apps uh back in 2018-19 and it was called nuo network and uh, at that point instead of taking it to the next level we actually decided to shelf that and go build something in the completely regulated space in the CFI space and and go build a neo bank which is called on juno and why did we decide to do that and how did we end up here it's because of two simple reasons no network we saw a massive growth in fact we saw a crazy product market fit as soon as we uh, launched no network and through its journey through its life cycle we saw some crazy amount of growth but what we really realized is there are two things which are going to keep us back and they will not allow us to go the next step that we really intend to go to uh, number one being the ethereum infrastructure and and its scalability issues that's the number one thing uh, due to which we were not able to scale the order sizes scale the number of users transacting at the same time because we were doing meta transactions which is a completely new thing which was a completely new thing back then the infrastructure was not ready for the kind of uh, growth and the kind of architecture that we had built new for secondly and in fact the most important reason was regulation we realized as founders we are not people who can live can can sleep in the night not knowing whether our business will be banned the next day when we get up or not and just the crazy amount of uh, uh you know frenzy that was going around uh back in 2019 
uh, was just too distracting, and and we were very wary of the fact that this might just come to bite uh, to bite everyone back. And in fact, that we see that play out right now uh, with all these new SEC orders coming about to Binance and to various other right. entities, uh, you know, coming back and saying that hey how could you have just launched uh, something without even asking us, uh, especially if it's a security. So we were very wary of that at that point. And that was one of the, uh, you know, the biggest reasons why we decided that, okay, let's go from the other side. What is our mission? Our mission is to democratize financial access to people. It is to bring the best financial uh, products out to the customers, to, to the mainstream retail audience, which usually is, not is devoided of uh, an opportunity to you know be part of this particular investment products which usually accredited investors are only allowed to be part of we wanted to bring that how do we do that a go directly into DeFi and go directly into crypto but b take another route which is the regulated route go build something which the regulators love and are completely was, comfortable with. Was, when you say go build something the regulators love, are you talking about, is that where you got the idea to include in? I mean, you're an FDIC-insured checking account. That that speaks volumes to people who might be perhaps not crypto savvy, but they're right there is the safety of the U.S. government-backed Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation. Exactly, exactly. And that's that's exactly what we wanted. We wanted to go this route. We wanted to make sure that the regulators are comfortable, the users who are using us are the normies, uh, so, so we say right now, and they're not the crypto natives. You know, th those are the people who are using us. They are the people who are very comfortable using the product. And once we establish our foothold in this particular field, which is what we did with Onjuno, for the first one year, it had nothing to do with crypto whatsoever and that's when we uh, you know started introducing crypto and now it's sits right at the intersection of banking and crypto whether whether you know uh, the partner bank trusts us and we are able to offer services which no other person uh, no other entity is able to offer. Were, were you the first to actually mm -hmm. combine traditional banking with crypto in the way you're doing it because if I have an on Juno checking account, I'm still, I'm curious about how you're able to do no fee, but the fact that I can then fund my crypto purchases and when I sell crypto, put it back into the checking account, were you the first to do this? And and I would imagine traditional banks are looking at this as like, we need to keep an eye on it. Oh, totally, totally. Yes, we, I believe we are the first ones to do this the way we have done it. You can directly move your funds from sitting from your checking account into crypto, which also sits in the same ecosystem instant and free uh, free because we waived off the fee uh, for the for the first few months so it's instant and it's almost zero cost and we have done that particular connection and this is the first of its kind that a check the fund sitting in your checking account do not need to go to an exchange like coinbase or kraken or gemini where they can directly get invested into crypto and the beauty about this is the same is actually true the reverse way. So users who have all their funds sitting in MetaMask or wherever it, it's sitting, they are able to now use it as an emergency fund because they just need to do one transfer back into their own Juno checking account. And then in a flash, you get that converted into US dollar or USDC, which you can spend via the on Juno debit card. So the whole journey on ramping as well as off ramping, when it becomes instant and at almost zero cost, the proposition is insanely powerful, and that's something that people have never experienced before. So let me ask you, Siddharth, because you just used the phrase insanely 
How did people, when you were going to pitch this concept, whether it was to Silicon Valley investors or others, how did they react? Because you are disrupting banking. What was the initial reaction? And would you share with us, if you can, without perhaps naming, those who had doubts, what would they say to you? <laughs> all right. So, so it's always, you know, there, there are those two sets of investors that you go to talk to. One is people who are completely embedded into the crypto industry. And the other is people who are completely embedded in the traditional finance industry, right? And uh, both these people's ha people had their own set of biases. Uh, the people who, who were completely uh, embedded into the crypto industry, they were of the opinion that, hey, this is not decentralized. Hey, this is not a protocol. This is not open. This is not as decentralized as we really wish, uh, as we really want to invest in, we wish those projects are. And that, there was a lot of skepticism over there that, hey, how is this even possible? But these guys were really, were the first ones to basically get get off the go off the fence because these guys were like, okay, if this is possible, then what we're really doing is attacking the mainstream audience from inside out. It's, you know, we're not really bringing Coinbase and Kraken and Gemini and then adding a, a checking account layer to it. We're literally creating, starting from a checking account layer and adding crypto services on top of it. There's already trust established with the, obviously, as you mentioned, the FDIC insurance and so on. And then when you add the crypto layer, things really start to get really interesting. Whereas the other faction of investors, which was the embedded finance, they were the ones who were kind of a little tricky to penetrate. And they had their uh, you know, good reasons, I would say at that point, to believe that, hey, no one would allow this uh, to really happen and no one would want this to happen in, in terms of you know, the usage. Users will not be excited about this because they simply didn't understand the power of, of doing this. But at the end of the day, uh, we got one from each faction as you know the the uh, lead investors. So uh, Polychain uh, from this side and uh, Sequoia from the other side. Yes, yeah, Sequoia is one of the one of many investors, and that's a very big one to have. I mean, they've been around almost fifty years. Did you ever get discouraged? Uh, <laughs> yes, uh, there were a lot of. In fact, in any entrepreneur's journey, uh, there's always so many times when you when you are like sitting back you know, alone in a room and, you know, just thinking about what the hell am I really doing over here? What the hell is really happening out there? Those, th there are always those times and it happened with us as well. In fact, it, it happened with us a lot of times in different, uh, you know, because we've done so many different products and tried out so many different strategies in the middle. It's happened to us a lot, but one thing that really got us through all this is just talking to these consumers, uh, to these users who are using us, and the passion with which they talk to us about uh, about on Juno with is incredible. Is incredibly motivating for us to go back out back there, and you know just start uh, doing what you. I mean, just continue doing what you did. So that is really the key. Can you share with us? Uh, do you publicly disclose the number of people? I would imagine you do. Uh, who have the checking accounts? Who have the crypto accounts? And what your projections are over the next couple of years for growth? Uh, we don't have it uh, publicly available yet. Uh, I think we're just keeping it uh, reserved for some PR announcements, uh, which are going to come later this month, this month or this year. But uh, the projection, uh, you know, I can just give you some ballpark figures. Sure. Uh, it's it, the, the number of checking accounts is somewhere in the range of 15 to 20K um, that, that people are using us for mm -hmm. in terms of with checking accounts. And uh, that number is, you know, we are just expecting that number to go up to uh, basically the, the vision of the uh, sorry the the next one year goal of the company is 
how do we get to the next 150k users into the platform and you know how how what are the different organic ways or what are the different innovative ways in which uh, we are able to get there without spending crazy amount of money it's a good question i i in answering that question and as you are disrupting traditional banking do you feel like a disruptor what does that mean to you oh <laughs> so Actually, disruptor is kind of a misnomer. I mean, you know, from the outside, when you look at some project like ours, it might seem as if, hey, we're just, you know, going after these banks and and wanting to shut them down and, and so on. Actually, that's not really true. Uh, we are, you know, just listening to our consumer, to our users, and just listening to what is really missing in their in their financial journey. So, you know, one one example that uh, that we always talk about and in fact we always pride ourselves with is the fact that we want our users to lead a crypto native life. They should never get out of crypto. And that's exactly what we've done with with a bunch of uh, product features that we have right now. So, for example, if users can get their paychecks in crypto in in on Juno. So, basically, when you get your paycheck from Yield Street or from Amazon, wherever you work, you get it at On Juno. We convert it automatically into Bitcoin, Ethereum, or USDC. However, you have set it or configured it in the platform. You the, the the crypto that's sitting in the platform, which you've gotten from a paycheck, is already earning a three to six percent interest inside On Juno. So there's already interest embedded in it. Then the next step when you want to go ahead and spend that particular crypto the on juno debit card allows you to spend usdc as well so you just never need to you know from the whole point of earning say uh, and and keeping it in in the account and then spending it uh, and then we're going to extend it to a bunch of other services you just never need to get out of crypto it's a seamless it's a seamless easy process what i've heard you just describe i mean one of the hang-ups i think for people of my generation is why do i want to have something held in crypto that i then have to sell to turn into a currency that a fiat currency that i then have to use that i then have to reconvert into crypto you seem to have solved that dilemma it happens seamlessly behind the scenes i don't have to worry about it exactly Spot on. So, so let me ask you, because uh, I, I, I love the fact that you're offering, um, although inflation might, might make this a little bit less palatable, you know, the 6% return. How do you do that when we've seen some volatility in traditional crypto assets right now? Uh, your, your, your checking account doesn't suffer from that, but the, the, the crypto asset account that you might have it on Juno, how do you maintain that um, return when we see the volatility that we have seen over the past couple of weeks with crypto assets? Sure, uh, that's that's actually a good question, and you know, just a disclaimer there: we might just keep changing this uh, over time as as the interest rates on on these uh, stable coins keep changing, just like how your Federal Reserve keeps changing rates and then the banks keep changing them. We might end up doing those things as well. But for now, what we've done is we've really partnered with uh, a certain set of institutions uh, which do institutional lending. And through our partner bank, of course, and you know, it's it's all approved by the partner bank that hey, these are institutions which are allowed for you to go and tie up with for providing interest to users. So that's that's how we're essentially uh, you know ending up doing this. And obviously, there's no guarantee that these rates will uh, remain the same, but it'll not be like a DeFi crazy volatility. Uh, we will give users enough time now before we change it in case we do. You also have, you know, I'm going to use the term strategic marketing, correct me if I'm wrong, 
But you have weekly quizzes and cash prizes that you offer to, do you call them members or clients? And does that also help attract new people to the platform? Wow, I'm glad you asked that question, actually. No one really gets to that. We are one of the very few banks, I don't know which other bank has a Discord channel. We are one of the few banks which has a Discord channel. And Discord is where all these fun activities happen. And uh, you know, since the time we've hired our, uh, we've gotten on board uh, one of the best uh, community managers out there. She's really taking it to the next level. And you know, people are just going crazy in Discord with all the different kinds of activities that, is hap- that are happening. And of course, this adds to the uh, word of mouth spreading. And, you know, it adds to a bunch of users coming on board and, and then having fun and then replicating the same effect uh, on and on. And in fact, Discord is not only about fun. I mean, you get to know a lot about the various different trends and insights of the industry. And of course, new product updates that, that keep, we keep posting over there. And it also acts as a kind of a support medium, although we all we have a dedicated support uh, medium via Intercom, but Discord also acts as that automatically. Uh, you know, it's interesting because for me and my generation, I mean, I'm old enough to remember when you opened a checking account at a bank, my parents would do this, you got a free toaster. A little bit different, you know, in the tech era and what you, you folk are doing, but it builds familiarity. And, and I'm curious, as you watch all of this unfold, I keep going back to references that that the 40-plus crowd might appreciate. Do you feel like a banking tycoon? Because it sure sounds like you're on your way to becoming one. I I don't know how to answer that, but I don't think it seems like a banking tycoon. As I mentioned, you know, we're so focused on what the users want and how we can make the best out of their experience at Onjuno. We are really not thinking about, uh, hey, are we a banking tycoon? Are we really disrupting all the other major banks? We're just making sure that our users are really liking the experience uh, that they're having at On Juno. And we want to just keep on challenging ourselves to make it better. So, so let me ask you this, uh, because some of the people who are watching are entrepreneurs like you. What advice do you have for them? Their, their, their concept, their idea may be different than decentralized finance or fintech. But there are, I would imagine, things you've learned having now launched different companies that you could share with them? What are the lessons? Uh, Yeah, I think the most important thing, and I've mentioned this multiple times already in this talk, is just to be in touch with your users. I think that is where you really understand the pulse of what's really happening in the product, understand the pulse of how these users are using you, and then it gives you insights to shut down certain product streams or go all in on other product streams. And in fact, one of the activities that we did before we launched the product was we had some 200 different user interviews that we had done internally in the team uh, amongst like three, four core members that we had. We divided this up uh, amongst all of us and we had done these 200 user calls. And uh, that really gave us insight into their entire financial journey, which we had which we had some idea of, but we we became really sure of you know what all things they're doing. And if you look at our our uh, product suite, it's nothing out of the blue. You know, it's it's basically things which are sitting currently fragmented in different uh, products. Like you can earn an interest in a certain lending product. You can spend. Uh, you, you can uh, uh, you know convert your fiat into crypto in certain products. You can spend your crypto in certain products as well. But all these are standalone things. We just got a way to you know got get them all together 
and then provide the best experience possible. So that is only possible once we understood the pain points that every user went through uh, while we had conversations with them. Again, among entrepreneurs, the women and men who create businesses, people like you, what is it about you folk that separates you in a good way from the rest of us? I mean, you're visionaries, you see things that the rest of us don't. Where does that come from? How do you build that within yourself or do you just get born with that? <laughs> no, definitely not born with that. I mean, if anyone were to ask me in my school times whether I wanted to have my own business, I would have never said yes to that. In fact, before I started my first business, I, I wasn't sure whether I wanted to do it at all or not. So definitely I wasn't born into it. Of course, people like Steve Jobs maybe would have been born into it, not sure. But I think what, what really helps are two things. One is an external en environment that you create around you. So, you know, you just hang out with smart people, hang out with people who are daring to go beyond and, and you know, do things which others are not doing. That is a super important thing. And that happens in if you, you know, if you join the right universities, if you join the right social circles, bunch of ways to actually get yourselves around that. Uh, and the second thing is just resilience. You know, just be there, just be out there, like be like cockroaches. What do cockroaches do? They just survive and they don't really, you know, thrive and don't really go uh, berserk until the day comes when, when uh, you know, the external environments and what you've done all along really has come in place and then you take it forward. So I think resilience and this external environment with the right set of people around you are two things which can help you get ahead in this entrepreneurial journey. And then as we start to wrap up, you're a head of a bank, co-founder. You got people working for you, but you have thousands upon thousands of clients relying on you. What kind of pressure do you feel? You also have investors who are expecting a return. I would imagine that's a highly, uh, for me, it would be a highly anxious or anxiety-producing experience. What's it like for you? You know, this is a very interesting story. So. Uh, I'll just take a step back. When we had launched Novo Network, in the first two, three weeks, we had gotten some, uh, a lot of funds inside our DeFi protocol, you know, to the tunes of multiple millions. And that was the first time that we were exp we were holding on to certain funds, although it is all decentralized and it's all open source and sitting in the Ethereum blockchain powered by the Ethereum security system. We were shit scared. Like we didn't know when a hack would, hacker would come and just hack away all these funds, and then what would we tell all our users? And you know, we we and we've always been out there. We, we were never anonymous. You know, we've always been out there in Twitter, in various different platforms, and we were shit scared. Like you know, what will happen? Um, and and then you hear so many different hacking stories, and we get more scared. Uh, so <laughs> right now, I feel we are in a much better uh, position just because of the fact that, hey, we are not in the whole DeFi ecosystem completely, uh, so to say, anymore. And our funds are now FDIC insured. So if something goes wrong, we have like various different insurances. So we are in a much better place than what we were probably in a known network in terms of risk-wise. Uh, but of course, this pressure of really delivering to the shareholders uh, making sure that the funds are safe at, at the foremost uh, uh, juncture. Uh, this pressure is always there and it's always looming. And, you know, all our decisions, day-to-day -day decisions are kind of based on, on this aspect as well. Plus you have the FDIC, the regulators, keeping an eye on you, uh, which, which can, uh, I used to cover the FDIC uh, in a different life and uh, that can cause its own 
anxiety. Let's wrap up with this. Would you do it all over? Would you do it again? Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Is there is there anything you want to just share before we say thank you? Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, if anyone of you has have not really tried out on Juno, it's as as you would have already understood. It's one of the best platforms, I believe, uh, which which helps you get invested into crypto and stays. Uh, it lets you stay into crypto, and uh, you should definitely try it out, man. Siddharth, we wish you and the Anjuno team all the best. Thank you for joining us on the Yield Disruptors. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of The Yield. For the latest updates on the alternative investing space, go to yieldstreet.com. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. If you enjoyed the show, feel free to leave a review on Apple Podcasts as this will help other investors like yourself find our show. If you have any questions, please visit us at YieldStreet.com. Thanks again for listening and see you next week. The Yield Street podcast you just heard only reflects the opinions of the host, who is an associated person of Yield Street and does not necessarily reflect the views of Yield Street or any of its affiliates or other associates. The podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to be and should not be construed as a recommendation to buy or sell any security and is not an offer or sale of any securities or investment product. The podcast is also not a research report and is not intended to be and should not be construed as investment advice. Support for this podcast comes from Yield Street. Trying to time the stock market can lead to regret. At Yield Street, our alternative investments are designed to create predictable secondary income streams, providing you with tools to help put your money to work immediately. These investments in asset classes like art, real estate, and legal finance typically have low correlation with the stock market and target annual yields up to 7 to 10%. Welcome to the next generation of investing. Welcome to Yield Street. Sign up today at yieldstreet.com.